Yo, yo, yo. It's the Black Cold Podcast. I'm your honor, gracious, humble, and grateful host. Leave Buck. What's going on, my kings and my queens? Um, I'm just going to hop right into it. So tonight's topic is anti-black racism or anti-whatever y'all want to pronounce it. But So people want to say, what's anti-black racism? It's a system of oppression against black people. Um, so the politicians, the Republicans, the Democrats are like, they do, they put things in place against us. Like they want to help. Well, the Democrats in particular want to help the immigrants. They care about immigration more than they care about reparations. And I'll get into a little bit about HR 40 later on and talk about who they brung there, even though it was a few weeks ago. But I'm just bringing it up on my podcast. But um, um, <clears throat> I realized that when Joe Biden first his first executive orders was about immigration and helping Asians and Pacific Islanders. But I want to talk about the Asians in particular. There's this thing where they're saying, oh, we must protect the Asians. We must do this. We must do that. But these same people that's coming out saying we must protect the Asians, we got to stop attacking them, which everybody's victim of crimes, whether you white, black, uh, Asian or Latino, everybody's going to be the victim of crime, of robberies, of whatever. So now what they're doing is they're putting everything on black people. Oh, man, they, they are minority like you. First off, we're not minorities. See... When they start talking this POC, people of color, um, when they start talking this black and brown, and when they start saying that, when they start adding on these things to you just being a black American or black if you don't want to consider yourself, whatever, you know, but we have to leave this African-American term and that label, we must leave that where it needs to be. That's left in the past. We are not African-Americans. We are black. We have no connection to Africa. They are not our, they are our genetically, they're our brothers and sisters, but they don't act like it. And I'm going to kind of get into that later on in the episode as well. So the, the Democrats and Joe Biden put policies in place to help immigrants and to help Asians. So now it's this whole campaign. Stop the the brutality against Asians. Stop this and stop that. But I've seen over the years that the Asians, they've become comfortable putting their hands on women, black women in particular. An incident happened in Brooklyn. An incident happened in Philadelphia. An incident happened in Chicago. An incident happened in South Carolina. The South Carolina, the one that happened in South Carolina was national news because um, I think the Nation of Islam, the the chapter down there, whatever they want to call themselves, they went down there and told them, y'all must apologize and y'all must pay for what y'all did. So they told people, don't go in there, stop patronizing them. So the man came out on TV, he apologized, blah, blah, blah. But the main thing about it was 
He didn't have no evidence that this woman stole. He kidnapped her. He had her choked up. He body slammed her. He was kicking her. And everybody is just standing around. Nobody's helping this woman out. His wife comes over, start punching on her as well. But no one is helping this woman out. Everybody is just standing around, clout chasing with their cameras out. Nobody helping this woman out. And then come to find out she didn't steal. They called the cops. She didn't steal. But you can't detain anyone if you're not a cop. You are not a cop. You cannot detain anyone. Even as an expert in security, which I am, I can't detain you. All I can ask you to do is empty your bags. And if you tell me no, hey, you just tell me no. But I will alert the authorities. That's all I have. I can't tell nobody to empty their bags and let me search their bags because that's a violation of their rights. I can't do it. So he had no right detaining her. He kidnapped her. He abused her. But it goes all unnoticed. It went unnoticed. Nobody talked about it. Nobody. uh, Nobody talked about it. It wasn't in the media. It was barely even mentioned. And the only reason why I gained national attention is because it was a bunch of brothers in suits that went down there. And, you know, when we come around we're threatening so you know we don't have we're not afforded those same luxuries as other people like the bundies who took over a federal building in 2016 but i ain't talking about that right now but we're always threatening we didn't have they didn't have guns but they were threatening because they told people don't shop in there of course you got your negroes that gotta go against the grain because they need their weaves and the nails and all this other kind of crazy stuff And like I said, man, I'm going to tell you about a a few instances when we're talking about anti-black racism as far as when it comes to Asians exerting that. So now let's talk about Latasha Harlins. This young sister was murdered at the age of 16 by an Asian woman who thought she was stealing, but she had the money in her hand. So, the killing of Latasha Harlins, she was 15, I'm sorry about that. She was killed by Soon Jadu, a 51-year-old Korean-American convenience store owner. Du was tried and convicted of voluntary manslaughter in Harlins' death, although the jury recommended a sentence of 16 years. The judge, Joyce Carlin, sentenced due to serve time. Sentenced due to time served five years of probation. 400 hours of community service, a $500 restitution and funeral expenses. The death of Latasha Harlings, which was recorded on security footage and later sentences, later and the later sentencing and failed appealed are considered to have contributed to the 1992 Los Angeles riots, especially the targeting of Koreatown, Los Angeles. Harlan's death came 13 days after the videotaped beating of Rodney King. These are things I didn't know. So 
Latasha Harlins went in there, went into this store. It was called Empire Liquor. So uh, around, they said around 10 a.m. Saturday, March 16th, Harlins entered the store to observe Harlins putting a $1.79 bottle of orange juice in her backpack. Duke concluded Harlins was attempting to steal and did not see the money Harlins held in her hand. <clears throat> Duke claimed to have asked Harlins if she intended to pay the orange juice, to which Duke claimed Harlins responded with orange juice. Two eyewitnesses, a nine-year-old Ishmael Ali and his 13-year-old sister Lakeisha Combs, disputed that claim, saying that Duke called Harlins a bitch and accused her of trying to steal, to which they claimed Harlins replied she intended to pay for the orange juice. After speaking with the two eyewitnesses present and viewing the videotape of the incident recorded by the store security camera, the police concluded Harlan's intended to pay for the beverage with money in hand. The videotape showed due grabbing Miss Harlan's by her sweater and snatched her backpack. Harlan's then struck due with her fist twice, knocking due to the ground. After Harlan's backed away, due angrily, angrily threw a stool at her harlan's picked it up then picked up the orange juice and bottle then dropped during the, that dropped during the scuffle dude snatched the bottle from her harlan's turn to leave dude reached under the counter retrieved the revolver and fired at harlan's from behind at a distance of about three feet one meter the gun sh shot struck harlan's in the back of the head killing her instantly Dude's husband, Billy he Key Do, heard the gunshot rush in the store after speaking to his wife who asked who asked for the whereabouts of Harlan's before fainting. He dialed 911 to report an attempted hold up. So this happened um oh 30 years ago today. So they don't speak about this. They don't speak about how what's the judge's name? Joyce Carlin they don't speak about what she did they don't speak about what she did they don't talk about how she let this woman off the hook easy so <laughs> during the 1992 riots They burned her store down. So. They burned her store down. She was never able to open up, which is great. Because usually, you know, you get insurance money if there's riots, you get insurance money for the burning you have insurance on everything that's stolen. These things are um, typical when you're buying a store. They always offer you these type of insurances. So <laughs> that's not the only one. Um, it's another one that comes to mind. A Asian American cop, Peter Liang. So, in November 20th, 
2014, 2014 in Brooklyn, a Kyle Gurley was shot. He was 28 years old. He was shot by Peter Yang, who was 27. So it says Gurley and his girlfriend entered the seventh floor store. Well, 14 steps below them, Liang fired his weapon. His shot ricocheted off the wall and fatally struck Gurley in the chest. A jury convicted Liang of manslaughter, which court later reduced to criminally neg- negligent homicide. <clears throat> so, his charges were second degree manslaughter, criminally negligent homicide, second degree assault, reckless endangerment, two counts of official misconduct. Not first degree manslaughter. He shot with the intention of killing someone. But he gets manslaughter. He gets charges of manslaughter, but they reduced it to him just being it was a negligent homicide because he's a cop and his qualified immunity. They never, ever convict these cops. These cops are always allowed to go free that is a part of the anti-black racism system that they have in america that is a part of their system it is a system ladies and gentlemen it is a strategic system at that we are not afforded the luxuries of getting slain and then actually them actually uplifting us when we're slain where we're murdered by cops, we're put on trial instead of the cops. So it's always the cop is innocent until he's proven guilty, which they're never proven guilty. They always stay innocent because the innocent, the one who died, is always on trial. So It said on February 10th, 2015, Liang was indicted by a grand jury, seven men, five women for manslaughter, assault and other criminal charges. Five counts total. After the grand jury members were shown footage of the unit pink house and passed around the nine millimeter Glock used in the shooting, testing the possibility of equipment failure, concluding that the 11.5 pound 51 Newton trigger could not have been fired unintentionally. So they know that this was not a misfire. It was, it could not have been fired unintentionally. These are their words. So, Liang turned himself to and himself into the authorities the next day to be arraigned on the charges. Liang was convicted of manslaughter and official misconduct February 11, 2016, and faced up to 15 years of prison. He expected to appeal while he remained free without bail. Due to the fact that Liang, an Asian cop, became the first NYPD officer to be convicted of an on-duty shooting in over a decade, the conviction galvanized the Chinese community. In New York City, across the United States, many felt that Liang was being used as a scapegoat in Chinese America's WeChat and massive scale, along with Facebook, Twitter, and an email organized organized rallies in major cities. Peter Liang appealed appealed the court decisions. The court's decision. Sorry, March 28th, the prosecuting Brooklyn District Attorney Kenneth P. Thompson, actually Kenneth Coon Thompson recommended to the judge Janie Chun somebody that 
is another Asian <laughs> that Liang served only house arrest and community service for his sentence. On April 16th, 19th, April 19th, 2016, Brooklyn Supreme Court Justice Danny Chun sentenced Liang to five years of probation and 800 hours of community service after downgrading his manslaughter conviction to criminally negligent homicide. So first off, you had a whole... He was used as a scapegoat, even though he killed this man intentionally. He was used as a scapegoat. This is what the Asian said. He was used as a scapegoat for what? For Eric Gardner? For Tamir Rice? For Trayvon Martin? How was he used as a scapegoat? For Karina Gaines? Sandra Bland? How was he used as a scapegoat? I'm trying to figure this out. This is anti-black racism, ladies and gentlemen. But they want to say that we're out here hurting Asians because these Asians are coming in black neighborhoods. And I tell people all the time, do not support them. Don't go to their Chinese stores. Don't go to their beauty supply stores. We have all these things with our people. Support our people. Support black businesses. Let us thrive. You know, I'm going to tell you something. The crazy part about it is they come over here. And they make a living and they say they live in the American dream, blah, blah. What American dream? We're considered lazy because we're not slaves anymore. They already tell them that we're lazy, even though because we don't work for free no more. So we're lazy. But y'all fled, y'all fled y'all country to come here or y'all left willingly to come here for a better life, right? So we're lazy, but y'all fled from where y'all was at to get to get things moving and get money flowing, right? Why didn't y'all just stay there in your hometowns, in your home country, in your home continent, and just do what you had to do that you're doing over here? Because it's not possible. They allow them to get small business loans. They don't tax those people. They don't do none of that. So every time it's time for them to get taxes, I think, I, I'm not sure I have to look this up, but I heard it's a seven year period where they're not taxed. Every time I think when it's time for them to get taxed or it's time for them to start, um, you know, start paying some of that money back, they switch hands and shit. So every seven years there's a new people in there. It's their family, but they're bringing new people in. They got Chinatown, Koreatown, Japanese town. So we have nothing. So once we define ourselves and whether we're calling ourselves descendants of, of American slavery or whether we're calling ourselves foundational black Americans, I did not coin these terms. One of the terms, FBA, the brother Tariq Nasheed coined, and he also coined this term anti-black racism. I'm not taking credit for none of that. All the credit is due to that brother. But what I'm saying is once we start identifying ourselves with our lineage, it's a problem. We're being divisive. And I'm going to branch off of these Asians because you get the point. I just read two high profile cases to you where these Asians were let off the hook for killing black people unjustly. They had two eyewitnesses in the Latasha Harlings case say that the girl said, yo, I'm trying to pay for the orange juice. I got the money right here. 
but she was shot in the back of the head because this woman had the intent to kill her. The, in both cases, the judge overruled the jury. So, what I'm trying to figure out is, where are we attacking these Asians at? Because I don't see none of that. But we're going to get off on this. And I'm, this brings me to another point. All my Caribbean brothers, all my Caribbean sisters, <clears throat> y'all are the so-called buffer class. Meaning you're not American, you're foreign, so they buff you up. They put they put you above us. Y'all get these stores, y'all get this, y'all get that, and then it seems like y'all are better than us. But how are y'all better than us when y'all left y'all country to come over here and make it? I do not get it. If you were so much better than us, you would have it popping in your own land, your own continent, in your own country. Please. I don't care about y'all having stores because that's what y'all supposed to do. I look at y'all as black either way because I'm going to support y'all, the Jamaicans, the Haitians, the, the Barbadians, the Bahamians. I'm going to support y'all either way because y'all look like me. Y'all black. We're all genetically brothers and sisters. But it's a difference in culture. It's a difference in accent, a difference in language. But the white supremacists told you not to deal with us because they know if y'all come over here and we actually get together that we can take over. We can knock all these these poppy stories and all these Chinese stories. We can knock all this shit out the way if we just had a, if we had a chance. So I'm gonna break this down to you. They had this video <laughs> on the video. They was talking about reparations. So all these people that were talking about reparations, they was from Africa. They were from the Caribbean. One guy was from Costa Rica. I guess you would consider that the Caribbean, whatever. So I did an episode on reparations. Go check that out. But we have all these people from different countries, different backgrounds that have not experienced anything that we have experienced. And to say that we're not oppressed, to call us lazy, we're oppressed. We're not oppressed and we're lazy on top of the fact that you ain't in your country trying to make it happen there. We paved the way for them to come here and be successful. Civil rights was for black folks. It wasn't for nobody else because they weren't here. It wasn't for the Latinos because they fought for their own civil rights. It wasn't for the Latinos. It wasn't for nobody else but us. But everybody benefits from civil rights but us. They always talk about this affirmative action. We're not even the ones living off affirmative action. The white woman is. They're considered a minority. How is a white woman considered a minority unless her man hates her that much that he makes her her own group? Because when we talk about black people, I put women and men in that group. I don't just say, oh, well, the black woman is a minority. The black man is a minority. We don't separate ourselves from each other, but they do. That's telling. That's very telling. 
They live off affirmative action. We don't get no benefits from that. They living off our civil rights. We don't get no benefits from that. They always try to throw these, these celebrity Negroes at you and say, oh, they're rich. Yeah, because they have actually have a talent. Every black person is not talented. Every black person can't just wake up one day and start making beats or can't just wake, uh, wake up one day, start singing and rapping and playing basketball and playing football or playing baseball. That's a God-given talent. You're born with those gifts. So stop trying to make it seem you you keep throwing these celebrities at us. Which are just not even a big percentage of us. They always do that. And to me, that's anti-black racism, that I'm relegated to just being an athlete or an entertainer. And I've said this before. And then you got these rich black folks that wish they was white, always telling us, y'all better do something. Y'all can make it. Why do I got to give y'all a penny? I never asked no black celebrity for nothing. I never asked them to give their money up. I don't care about your foundations. I care about none of that. That's a text right off. What I care about is you speaking up. They, you know, they got these little niggas. They speak up, but they don't speak up enough or they bring other factors into it. No, man. No, we're not dealing with that. We're not going to have that, man. But back to these, these Caribbean, our Caribbean brothers and sisters, not all of them, but it's just the coon class. You know. The ones that speak out against us. Those are the coons. I don't call every black person a coon. I call the ones <laughs> that speak out against us. I call them coons. If you're speaking out against a movement that you have no connection to and you always say that you weren't enslaved, why are you speaking against it? Why is it a problem when we try to identify ourselves as black Americans? And I, and I come to realize the white supremacists use you to go at us because it's, it might be, oh, man, it's coming from somebody that kind of looks like them, but they're a little different. The backgrounds is different, you know, except for a few changes here and there, but they're all the same. No, we're not the same. We have no connection to Africa. And I'm pretty sure Africa is a beautiful continent with beautiful countries. The richest continent on earth is Africa as far as resources go. But they're exploited by the Chinese. They're exploited by the the French. They're exploited by the UK, Britain. Damn near all of England exploits Africa. So now we got the Asians running around. This Asian keeps talking about... Well, y'all choose not to see this. And then when I bring up when I bring up Latasha Harlins and I bring up a Kyle Gurley or I bring up, I, you know, I've sent him. I showed him uh, many videos of Asian men beating on black women. No, man, those things are isolated. It's not isolated. Motherfucker is a pattern. And it's been happening for years. Don't give me that nonsense. It's been happening for years, brother.
y'all can choose not to see it, but with my two eyes, what I've seen, what I've heard, I've seen it all over. Whether it be these Caribbean immigrants speaking out against us or the Asians speaking out against us. They got little Haiti in, 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 in Florida. They got little Italy in uh, New York. We ain't got none of that. But as soon as we try to have something, it be the Caribbean immigrants, it be the Asians. They all speak against us. Even some of our people speak against us. So. I'm, I'm looking at. um. So they had the HR 40 hearings about a month ago. And um, they had Herschel Walker on there. Herschel Walker, um, to me, took too many hits to the head. This this the same guy that said he he had <laughs> like 50 different personalities. I mean, honestly, what the hell do you think you're going to get from Herschel Walker? A motherfucker that came and told y'all, listen, I got all these multiple personalities, but he's coherent enough to speak on reparations. So the, the HR 40 was a... Um, was a, a hearing and they're trying to pass a policy to study reparations or whatever the case may be. There's nothing need to study. Abraham Lincoln said, I want to free these Negroes and give them their 40 acres and a mule. The Indians were supposed to give us $150 to each freed man, which turns into freed men. So... <laughs> Man, listen, it's very deep. And I'll get into the Civil War and I'll get into the the, um, the treaty that the um, the so-called Native Americans had. But we're going to we're going to break all this down. It's a lot of information that I need to give to my people and I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to give it to everybody. This is universal. This isn't just for my people. This is for everybody to listen to, but it's mainly for my people because I need to educate my folks, man, because when we're in school, a lot of people did not learn about Emmett Till. I was talking to somebody and they said they didn't know who Emmett Till was until Lil Wayne put it in that song. So they don't educate us to the best of their abilities and they're not going to. When you choose to put your children in the school of the oppressor, that's what you expect. You got to teach your children black history at home. And that's what I plan on doing. I don't plan on teaching them about all the the people that you can see. I'm going to teach them about a lot of the people that was in the backgrounds. I'm not going to teach them about, you know, you you know, they're going to learn about George Washington Carver and Frederick Douglass and Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. But. It's a lot of other people that they need to know about. And they also need to know Brown versus the Board of Education was one of the worst things that ever happened to our people because we fought to be inclusive in schools where they did not want us. So I'm going to give you all a little breakdown on the, on the, the, the Brown versus the Board of Education case. What happened was once they won the case, we can integrate with these people. We can be inclusive with these people. But you know what they start doing? 
they started a thing where they didn't have to fund these schools the way they funded them before. So that's why our school systems until this day is messed up. They underfund our school systems because they know, oh man, these niggas, they chose to integrate with us. So why am I giving the best of the best food to these people? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? That's all real stuff, man. That's all real stuff, man. This is real shit. All you got to do is go look it up. Google is your best friend, my brothers and sisters. So, people ask me, why are you always talking about racism? Why are you always talking about black empowerment? Because if I don't empower my people or these other brothers and sisters don't empower the people, where are we going to go? What are we left to? Where does that leave us? Because we don't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of, man. But they fight against reparations. And I'm sorry, I kind of digressed about, you know, reparations. So they had Herschel walk up there, this this big country cornbread eating Negro. <laughs> so this Negro gets on the Zoom meeting. Slavery ended a hundred and some odd years ago. Why should the why should the ancestors have to, you know, why should the man, the white man of today, have to pay for his ancestors? Just sounded real ignorant, man. It ain't because he's a southerner. It's because he had no knowledge of what the hell he was talking about. He sounded very idiotic. I'm going to go back and uh, how can I not? Uh, forgive these people well these people are men of the cloth a lot of these people I'm a, I'm a Christian why should I not forgive them and I'm a Christian I can't look to Jesus on the day of judgment and say hey I didn't forgive these white folks these good old white folks get the fuck out of here Herschel Walker see that's another thing That's and that's another thing we got this reverend out here I'm going to get back to Herschel Walker. I just want to talk about this reverend speaking of Christianity or whatever. I'm not down to nobody that's a Christian. More power to you. I want you to study and I want you to be a Christian. Not because your family told you to be a Christian, but because you studied it. And it's something that you actually believe in. But this pastor, this butter biscuit, extra syrup eating pastor did a lie when this nigga was up there saying we can't change the condition of these racist cops heart all we can do is pray for them because that's what jesus would have wanted and what they do is they use christianity against my people they use christianity against my people the forgive and the forget mentality is a destructive let me say that again it is a destructive, it's a destructive path for my people. We are so off forgiving to these white folks, but we will not forgive our brother for stepping on our sneaker and shooting that man. But they want us to forgive these racist cops for slaying us in the streets. In what universe, what world, what Tom, does that even make sense? So this butter biscuit, extra syrup, eating fat ass pastor 
and saying we need to pray for these cops. We because they're killing the white folks. We got to pray for white folks. He did not once mention the slain black people of the anti-black racism laws and policies. He didn't mention them not one time, but he's talking about these cops that don't deserve anything. And I'm always for the eye for an eye. That's how I feel. It's an eye for an eye. It's a tooth for a tooth. It's an ear for an ear. But we don't live by that because they tell us, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) they tell us to turn the other cheek. When we turn that other cheek, the motherfuckers got a gun to our head and they blow our brains out because we done turned the other cheek. That makes no sense. But every day, these motherfuckers, they come and they tell you, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Did you know that Jesus said, I'm only going to forgive a person if they're contrite. You don't just give this person your forgiveness because that's what you're supposed to do. They didn't even apologize. There was no worse sight than going on TV, going on YouTube and watching those family members of those slain people that Dylan Ruth slain in that church. It was nothing more discouraging when I seen those people get on there saying he don't deserve the death penalty. Because we're not judge God. We're not judge jury and executioner. Only God is. That was very discouraging. It was very coonish. You don't get on TV and do that. You say I'll leave it up to God. But you don't get on TV and make a fool of yourself. And that's what these fools did. Go on TV, make a fool of yourself. They got us by the balls when it comes to this Christianity. But they never tell us. Them them motherfuckers can run in our house and burn our houses down, kill everybody. And they say we got to beg for forgiveness. No, we supposed to go and do the same thing to them. Do you know that the KKK is a religious group? They're not even a terrorist group. They're a religious group. And they carried out, I think, from 1975 up until 1990, they carried out over 5,000 terroristic attacks, in particular on black people. From the 70s until until 1990, they carried out over 5,000 terroristic attacks that were reported. We don't know what these motherfuckers did, but they want to tell you, be forgiven, open your arms, embrace your brothers. They ain't my brothers and they ain't my motherfucking sisters. So you can kill me. You, you just, just, just spare me the bullshit with that. You cannot in good faith tell me to turn the other cheek. When I turn the other cheek, that man pulling out a gun, blowing out my brains. You can't in good faith tell me that because that's not a good argument. That's being a good slave. That's post-traumatic slave disorder. That's what that is. That's what these niggas got. They got Stockholm syndrome. They don't want to break away from Massa because they want validation for Massa. They want his acceptance. 
He don't accept you and he ain't going to validate you. But back to Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. Slavery. I, you know, he started talking that Christianity stuff. Why should the, 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 why should the son pay for the sins of the father? Why not? You can curse your children. It seems like we're cursed. It ain't even that we're cursed. Them motherfuckers got a stronghold on us because we don't come together. We got them type of coon ass niggas in the media speaking out against us. Those are the niggas. Those are the coons. Them type of people that speak against us. Those are the niggas and coons. Not a everyday regular black man. He ain't no nigga. Those are the niggas that speak out against us. The Terry Crews, the Herschel Walkers, the Larry Elders. And I'm starting to notice a trend when a black man ain't got no mustache and he ain't got no beard. He's he he, he be cooning it up. The no mustache energy is the no mustache for me. You know what I'm saying? That's what they saying now. It's the no mustache for me. But every day we're living in this hellhole and they try to tell us, be grateful for this. Be grateful for that. Why can't we want more as a people? Why can't we go take what we want? It is old to us, but they got Negroes. They got these coons, these niggas. They speaking against you. And he's he start. He, he can't even talk. He's stumbling over words. <coughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. I need some water. My mouth is dry. But he's stumbling over words. He could barely talk. Those are the niggas and coons. The people that's out here killing people unjustly. The people that's out here speaking against our people for reparation. Those are the niggas and coons. Those are the dusty niggas. What about black on black crime? What about it? It's no such thing. A crime is a crime. You're going to face crime in any neighborhood that you go, whether it be white, black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever. Cut the bull crap. I'm not even talking about black on black crime no more because that shit is over with. But what I don't get is they bring these people that have no connection to us. These rich Negroes, and it's always a rich nigga speaking out against us. So at the um, at the Grammys yesterday, they had Tamika Mallory out there. They had Killer Mike out there. These so-called quasi-leaders. They're not leaders of us. They don't lead us nowhere. They lead us right to the Democrats and tell us to vote. She get on there soft-shoeing, talking about Joe Biden. We want justice. Not we want reparations, we want justice. No, we want reparations and we want justice. You can keep your respect, you can keep your equality. I want my money and I want justice. That's what they don't realize. That's the problem. We got these people in position of power and they have money. So their money is tied to everything. That's why they speak the way that they speak. You know, and the, one of the mothers that I respect of her slain son is Samira Rice. Her son was Tamira Rice. They got murdered in 2014 by cops when he had a toy gun. 
She said that Black Lives Matter is clout chasing. And I tell you what, them motherfuckers is clout chasing. How do you get $99 million in donations last year and the black people still walking around in the conditions that they do? You have Democrats, these super PACs that are paying black people to speak out against other black people. You got Candace Owens and her folks paying black people to come to their conventions. What? Come on, man. That's nothing but anti-black racism. That is the theme of today. And on that note, man, I'm gone. I spoke enough. I love y'all, my kings, my queens. Be safe out here. Mask up, glove up. Protect yourself. <clears throat> but um, another on another note, also, I want to um, say this about another person in TV telling LeBron James to run and get this. I can't even talk about it. Never mind. I love y'all, man. I'm out.